as promised, we've got our goal setting chat here today. It is totally focused on how to achieve something that you really want, something that you never thought you could achieve, something that is sort of like a pipe dream. You've thought about it once, it's fleeting, it's passing, whatever it is, we want to learn how to set ourselves up for success in the best way possible, something that genuinely will work for us. And hopefully it's something we can carry on the next couple of weeks as we head into 2024. I can't believe it's right around the corner. We are genuinely in the final weeks of 2023. I think um, this is week 50, if I'm looking at my calendar correctly here, right? 52 weeks in a year. We've got two weeks pretty much left when this episode airs. And um, it's just a great time to get yourself connected and centered and organized. If you follow me, this podcast, if you're a client, you know anything about my coaching style, you know that I am a stickler for organization and anything that's like just in disarray just absolutely makes my brain crazy. So a lot of times there's organized chaos, right? If you come in my home office right now, you won't even know where you can walk, but that's because my home office is ground zero for Christmas gifts, things like we've replaced a TV. So there's just this TV sitting <laughs> against my desk. There's just a million things happening and going on always. But the organization in the chaos, if you ask me for one specific item, I'll know exactly where it is. And so that's the kind of thinking and tool that we want to have in our brain and written down for ourselves as we approach goals. Goals now can be tiny, they could be huge, they could be life altering, they could be something you wanna manage daily. It really doesn't matter. So the way we're gonna go about goal setting and stuff here in this chat is to make sure that you have the tools, you have what you need, what you might not even know you need to set yourself up for success. I'm going to give you my own spin on all of this. You might have heard something similar at some point or something just that sort of rings a bell or catches your ear. But keep in mind, these are my suggestions and what has worked for myself, clients, teammates, teams I've coached, friends, family. It's really just a good insight that hopefully gives you a starting place and some actionable items and a plan to move forward. So it's not just this weird overall overarching fleeting sort of idea where you're out to drinks with someone one time and you're like, oh, I really want to do this. I really want to do that. And then it comes and goes and it never happens. So we're going to talk about a lot of things and uh, it's really like a worldview application. Work, Workout, personal, professional, just any way you slice it should work. So let's go. First off, we need to decide what we're going to do, right? So here is a question for you, question that I'm going to pose. Maybe nobody in your life really asks you this or digs deep or makes you delve into this avenue, but I really want you to sit down. Maybe you're on a walk, maybe you're on a run, maybe you're just sitting on the train, commuting, you're on an airplane, whatever it is. But I want you to take this moment and really just no holds bars, no definition, just 
get to the crux of what are you passionate about? Doesn't have to be one thing. It could be 20 things, right? What are you passionate about? Write it or them down, make it visible for yourself, really sort of branch it out and break it down if you need to, figure out a plan for this passion. And if this passion turns out to be something that we can and should act on, we will take the next steps. But first and foremost, what are you passionate about? Our example today, because I'm a running coach by trade, it's what I do, it's what I love. I'm going to relate all of these steps back to running a marathon. So let's say I'm doing a goal setting session with a client and we our final analysis lands on the marathon is going to be what our top goal is here. So we're passionate about running the marathon. We are going to write it down, whether that's in a physical agenda or planner where you physically with a pen, write it down. Maybe you have a whiteboard or a vision board. You're going to put it on your vision board. Um, if you do Pinterest, which to be honest, I still don't really understand Pinterest, but if you do something like Pinterest, you're going to put it on your Pinterest board. You're going to write it down. Okay. Like physically get it somewhere, make it visible. Don't make it somewhere where you write it and then you never look at it ever again. Make it visible. From there, you're going to look at it, you're going to break it down. Now, what do you need to do for the marathon? For example, number one, you need to run 26.2 miles, <laughs> right? Quite simply. Number two, you need to pick a marathon. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to run a marathon and go out and run one. Like, sure, you ran the distance, but you didn't achieve your goal, which was running a marathon, getting a medal, doing it with people, right? Like being in the experience. So break it down. You're going to find out what race you're going to run from there. How are you going to get there, right? All these things. You've got to break it down from the umbrella and all the little parts. If that is our goal, which here, for example, sake, it is, we formulate a plan. And so, hence, your coach, a running coach, you decide your timeline, your shoes, you got to be fit, you got to figure out fueling, maybe you want to join a run club, just there's so many facets, right? So you're going to take all these different variables and formulate a plan, which then develops into action. So the first part here, bring yourself back out of my example, because running a marathon does not have to be your goal. What are you passionate about? Start there, take this time, pause this podcast episode and figure out truly, what are you passionate about? It could be one thing, three things, five things, 30 things. Take a second, write it down. Secondly, this is different. What are your current top priorities? Not obligations, not things you think you should care about or that you need to deal with on a daily basis. What are you as a sole individual? What are your 
current top priorities. Okay, now for the running a marathon example, I'm going to just use myself as a prime subject here. So my current top priorities, number one, health. That's going to have to start with me because if I don't have my health, I cannot help anybody else. I cannot be around to experience life with anybody else. So my number one priority always is health. Okay. My second priority, my family, and that's pretty broad. So it's the health of my family. So my health, my family's health, and then I will say happiness, prosperity so that we can live the life we want to live, growing my family. I guess you could say that, right? Because I, I would love, I would love to have three or four dogs around here, right? We have couple of kids. Um, you know, I, I love getting together with extended family, mending, you know, per, potential broken bridges, if you will, just as I talk about all the time, having these tough conversations. So just holding my integrity, keeping myself accountable. These are all in my life, in my mind, top priorities. So it's a little jumbled. It can get a little messy as you're writing them down and, and all of this stuff. And like, for example, when I say prosperity, that's a, that's an umbrella. <laughs> that's a big topic. And in that encompasses you know, my husband working, staying focused, working hard, me working, staying focused, working hard, finding the time to do things without sacrificing precious time with my kids or precious time with my husband, my parents, my in-laws, whoever it is. So just really finding that balance and making sure we're not overstepping on our health, which again was my literal number one top priority. Also under prosperity is figuring out budgets and budgeting for necessities, for leisure activities, right? Like vacations, stuff like that. Spending. Uh, we had, for example, we had a COVID wedding. So now we're throwing the big party, keeping that in budget without overdoing it and getting stressed. Again, it all comes full circles. Stress can induce a million gazillion different health problems. So managing stress and expectations, all of that can fall under prosperity. So when I say that one of my top priorities in life winds up being prosperity, it's not just grind, head down, sell your soul to a company for money. That's not what I mean at all. It's all of these little veins that come out of it that wind up going back together, circling back all intertwined, that then lead you back to a prosperous existence. So, all right, I did number one with my passions. Again, this is an example. I, I personally do not have a current desire to go run and crush a marathon. So <laughs> the, the example of a marathon, and then with these other things, I'm just giving examples of my current top priorities, and then we'll take it from there. After passions and priorities comes our third segment, sort of aligning the two. So how do your priorities align with your passions? So again, using just the general example and then my own current priorities, I'm passionate about running and coaching. And in this example, I'm passionate about completing 
let's just call it my first marathon. Now my priorities, health, health of my family, happiness, prosperity, all these things. So let's align them. Now running for fitness and for health is great. So that aligns. Running in terms of my family and my family's health, that aligns because maybe my husband wants to go running with me. Maybe I take my kids in the jogging stroller for all my training runs. So they're getting fresh air. They're seeing, you know, mommy and potentially mommy and daddy being healthy, leading by example. In order for me to feel the best and train the best, I'm going to have to stay up on my diet. So that aligns. Probably won't consume as much alcohol. So that's going to align with my health top priority. When you look at sort of a potential negative here in terms of my umbrella, you know, bracket of prosperity, I need to make sure that this marathon is not going to cost me a big trip and expenditure that's going to take away from my overall prosperity in terms of, again, does it align with my budget? Does it align with my family's priorities and health and schedule and all of that? So I live on the East Coast of the United States. For example, I'm not going to say my goal marathon is in you know, three months directly after we do this big wedding celebration in Iceland where I need to get there two weeks before and have this just multiple thousands of dollars expenditure on top of how that takes a toll on your health traveling that way, right? Whether or not I were to leave my kids or bring my kids or is my husband coming? Am I bringing a coach? Just there are so many facets to that, that for to align my priorities with my passions, that just doesn't work. Like, yes, one of my personal passions is traveling, but I am just not in a season of life where travel outside of our obligatory travel right now that we have in our life as a family is super enjoyable because <laughs> it just adds more stress, more expenditures, like all these things, right? So without getting too in the weeds here, for me, a very big destination marathon like that, especially on a short timeline, is not going to align passions with priorities. So I would pick something more local, something with a decently far out timeline to give me more time to organize, to get past the holiday season, the wedding season, get settled again, all of those sort of things. So make sure as you're looking at your first two steps here, that should have created, you know, some pretty, I mean, they don't have to be big lists, but comprehensive lists. I'm not asking you to hone in just yet. This third step is where you hone in. So look at your list of passions, look at your list of priorities. And thirdly, almost like a Venn diagram, right? Start to connect the dots. What can, should, and will go together hand in hand quite seamlessly? Next step, the most probably exciting step, let's do it. So at this point, you've been able to align passions and priorities, and now let's do it. So you should, you should have landed on one, two, maybe three different things here. Now pick just the best thing that you are most jazzed about. It lights you up. It just makes you so excited and so ready to be focused and organized. And let's do it. And when, with this step, which is our fourth step here in this episode, 
I, I genuinely call it the let's do it step or let's effing go. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about how to make this passion priority smart. So this is something that you probably have heard from somewhere else, whether it be another podcast, a coach, a friend, a colleague, whatever it is. They're called SMART goals. I've been using SMART goals ever since I was younger and, and playing on athletic teams and um, just getting advice from other fellow coaches, my dad, um, you know, any, anyone else who I could look up to to really get where I wanted to get right, and achieve whatever it is I wanted to achieve. So SMART goals, it's an acronym, stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, relevant, and time. So let's talk about what those SMART specifications, if you want to use a lack of better term here, what they mean. So the S, specific. It means to be very honed in with an effective handle on your targets that are in sight. For example, in using the situation that I've laid out here in today's episode, the marathon, a specific goal that is honed in with my targets in sight is a marathon. Like there is no if, ands, or but about that. I want to run a marathon start to finish. The end. That's it, right? Like it is a race. I'm going to sign up, I'm going to train, I'm going to complete it, I'm going to earn a medal at the end to basically show, demonstrate, prove that I did it and that I achieved my goal. What is not quote unquote smart, aka specific here, would be just to say, I want to start running or I want to be a runner. That's not, that's not very specific. So if you say, I want to be a runner and that's a passion of mine. That's awesome. And if one of your priorities in life is health or weight loss or something like that, great. But take that, I want to be a runner or I want to start running goal and make it specific. I want to run three days a week or I want to run two miles. I, so it has to be a specific thing. I want to run without walking. That would be a good one, right? I want to run without walking. And then as we go down the list of the acronym of SMART, we will find various tweaks to that to make it even more specific. So there's the S, specific. The M, measurable. You need to be able to have some sort of metrics to track your progress. So I've trained clients before who want to lose weight. Now, in weight loss, the number one factor that everyone always looks at is the number on the scale. I'm a person who doesn't think the number on the scale is the factor to look at. And I also think that BMI is pretty much bullshit. <laughs> so right there, I'm taking away two very big, very measurable factors in what you see as a very specific measurable goal for weight loss. You want to lose 10 pounds or whatever it is. I more think weight loss is about overall health 
how your clothes fit, your blood work, right? Your literal insides, your kidney, adrenal function, all this stuff. And that's not something you can really measure very easily. So you want to keep in mind how you're looking at these goals. What is truly going to jive with your brain and not make you obsessive or discouraged? Okay, so you don't want to pick something that's going to make you discouraged. So if you sign on with me and you want to lose weight and I'm like, I don't want to look at the scale. I don't want to look at your BMI. We need to look in the mirror. I need to know how you're feeling. How are you sleeping? How's your diet? We need to do at least two weeks of a diet log so I can see everything you're putting in your mouth. We need to start there. I need to know your skin. How is your skin now? Will your skin change in terms of blemishes, acne, bags, wrinkles, all these sorts of things? Your size and clothes. How do your clothes fit now? How do you want them to fit? All these types of things. In my opinion, as a coach, as someone who's been doing this for you know a decade plus, 13 years or so, what, what does it look like? How does it feel? Rather than just, I'm 150 pounds, I want to be 135 pounds because that's an acceptable weight for my height. To me, sure, you get to 135, I to you, you're not going to be fucking satisfied. <laughs> I've seen it way too many times. You're either going to be obsessive about it and then want to be 130 and then want to be 125. And you're just going to keep going and going and it's just this endless cycle or you're going to get to 135 and there's going to be this like complete void where you're like well i thought this was going to make me happy so we need to just figure out why you want to lose the weight and how you're going to feel once you've lost the weight so what's the goal the goal is obviously to feel a different way in that circumstance and so if you're talking to me as your coach the measurable part of that is going to be different than your average outlook on weight loss. So for this example, the marathon, there is no other way to measure it. The measure of it is finishing the marathon, 26.2 miles, the end, right? You go start to finish, like that's your measurement. If you want to dig deeper than that, as we talked about earlier, with write, write it down, make it visible, uh, you know, branch it out, break it down. Find your plan, develop your nice plan, formulate your good action here, and then take action. It's going to be a training plan. And so a measurable goal with the umbrella of completing the marathon would be following a training plan, whether or not you download something generic off the internet, hire a coach for eight weeks, six weeks, get a handle on it, and then take it yourself, or hire a coach start to finish to genuinely lead you from day one, square zero where you are now, all the way through the final tape of the 26.2 race. So we've got the S specific, M measurable, A attainable, or I like to use the word achievable as well. So it's a challenging goal, but achievable. So you don't wanna take something that you know is sort of just completely unrealistic. For example, for me right now in my life, if I was like, wow, I want to be a pilot. Cool. Like, yeah, maybe within the next 10 years, I could get my pilot's license, get the hours under my belt and take my family for a little ride. And we could go, I don't know, up to Westchester or out to Long Island or fly somewhere that's pretty close and uh, and, and not, not too dangerous. 
But if I want to say I want to be a pilot, and this is something that I'm trying to achieve and stay focused on right now, it's, I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. Sure, it's attainable. I could do anything, but not right now. Like that's literally like a 10-year goal if I wanted to do that, which I'm not saying I do. <laughs> but the difference between I would I want to complete a marathon, which sounds crazy to most people. You're like, holy shit, why would you want to run for four hours or whatever? Like nonstop. That sounds fucking terrible. It costs like $200 to do it. Like absolutely not. Okay, well, for a lot of people, it sounds terrible. For some people, it sounds great. So in this example, for me, hypothetical me, that sounds great. That's what I want to do much different, much different scope than just becoming a pilot. <laughs> so what the point I'm trying to prove here is it needs to be something that yes, you want to do. Yes, it is a passion, a priority. It aligns with your current life and circumstance. It is challenging. It definitely needs steps to get there, plan, action, all these things, but it's achievable. It's not something that lives in outer space. So S, specific, M, measurable, A, attainable, R, relevant. This is where it ties all this nice in a neat little bow. Your goal serves a purpose in your life and aligns with a passion. We've already done that, right? In your very first and very second step that I laid out for you in this episode, you should know whether or not your goal at this point is relevant to your life. We're not even going to talk about it further because you already have decided if this is a passion priority or if it's just this random fucking thing that someone said to you one time and you're like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay. T, time, timetable, something with a deadline. So if you work a job, you know there are deadlines. And I'm talking you could be a CEO of a company, you could be a bartender, you could be a nanny, you could be a construction worker. There are deadlines, timelines. Time affects every single human on this planet. It is something that is always going to be there. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. It is a construct, but you can't change it. Time is time. The clock is literally always ticking, always. So when you are making this goal and you are fitting it into your life, it is relevant, it is measurable, it is challenging, but achievable. What's the timeline? Are you giving yourself a month, six months, a year? What's the timeline? Now I'm gonna tell you to make your goal fit within this smart framework that I, Coach Carly, am laying out for you. I want your goal to be something that will be achieved within the next year. So whenever you're listening to this, even if you're not listening to it till February, 2024, that means you will have achieved your goal by February, 2025. Okay. I want you to keep it within that 52 week time frame, that one year time frame, because anything beyond that, that is something you're going to put a lot of thought and thinking and planning and all this stuff into, and it's going to be your top priority. Unless we go into a whole nother aspect of this, which is support, it's, it's just not something that you're going to set yourself up for success with. And what I mean by that is running a marathon, sure, you need people in your life to understand your goal and support your goal, aka not force you to go out all the time, not call you at three o'clock in the morning with some bullshit stress. 
but people who will respect that you need to go to bed at 9 p.m. on Friday night to do your long run at 6 a.m. on Saturday, things like that. What I don't mean is, again, if you want to be a pilot, that's an amazing goal. It cannot be achieved realistically, safely in a year. If you want to start a business, amazing, absolutely amazing, brick and mortar, have it up and running, whether it's a boutique, a gym, an airport, right? Whatever it is, a year is like a very small timeline for that. Sure, you can get your business plan together, your funding, maybe rent your space, get things going, but start to finish for a year to actually get that off the ground. You're going to need a support system, whether it's investors, your parents just behind you, your husband or wife behind you, you're going to have to put your kids you know, in daycare or in school. You're going to have to sort of set yourself up in a much, much more broad sense than running a marathon. So just keep this realistic, again, challenging, but achievable within this, what I'm giving you, one year framework of a timeline deadline for you to get to the finish line of your goal, okay? We've laid it out. You've got your first, second, third, fourth steps. We've laid out your SMART goals plan. You've got to write it all down, make it visible to yourself and maybe even others. Branch it out and break it down. Develop your framework, formulate your plan, and how are you going to take action and start. Start taking action. A couple things I want you to remember here progress, not perfection. I'm someone who strives for perfection all the time. I uh, can't help it. It's just part of who I am. It's type A personality. Just always have to be on the ball, eyes on the prize. It's like I can never let myself take that resting moment. When I do rest, I fall asleep. <laughs> so it's good, right? It's good for me. I recharge when I need to and I, I work and I stay focused when I need to. Makes me happy, makes my world turn, gets shit done all these things, but you've got to keep in mind progress. Every day that you take action towards your goal is a win. You must give yourself credit for all of your tiny wins. You must. I do not even want to go down the rabbit hole of what will happen if you don't. You must give yourself credit, a, you know, a pat on the back, a little something, whether it's you know extra money you're saving or you've saved a lot so you want to splurge and get yourself new running shoes, whatever it is, if you're taking daily steps aligned with your goal, you're doing it. You're not going to start marathon training in week one out of 18 and run 13 miles. You're not going to just set on a long run and run for two hours. It's not happening. You're going to go step by step. Maybe your first long run is a 5K. It's, you're barely over three miles. That's great. And if you're literally starting from zero, then that sounds like a lot. So it's going to be a walk run. It's not even going to be a full run. So we've got to keep things in perspective. So progress, not perfection. And you're going to keep perspective. The bigger picture, what your goals are, what it's going to take to make it all happen. 
in keeping perspective, you're going to be able to identify possible obstacles, possible issues. You're going to be able to develop some sort of backup plan. So in running, you've got your A goal, your B goal, your C goal, and sometimes fuck it, just finish, <laughs> right? So you're going to go through these steps as you're working to achieve your goal. And these are things that happen in the progress, in the process, not in perfectionism. Because if you are doing perfection, and I say doing perfection because it's, it's a lifestyle, if you are doing that, you have a hard time keeping perspective. You have a hard time identifying obstacles, tackling obstacles, and staying focused. And it's just, I'm telling you, it's not a healthy way. So again, for me, that's the natural step. The natural step is make it perfect, do everything, finish it all. Like don't go to bed until every single chore is done in the house. And then I take my deep breath. I take a moment. I recognize everything that has been completed, everything that is done, everything that is awesome. I count the blessings and I take perspective. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm super fucking tired. Like as soon as I get off my feet, my feet are going to be like throbbing and I'm going to fall asleep in five minutes. So take your step back, understand what's going on, make sure you're taking this all in day by day, you're following your action plan, and you're making sure your SMART goal stays on track to be smart. Don't be stupid. Final point here for today is the very, very, very last step, very last thing to think about. I just alluded to it in the previous segment, but check in with yourself, reevaluate, pivot if and when you need to, and just allow life to, to work well for you. So you are living your life. Your life should not be happening to you. You need to take ownership of everything that happens to you in your life. Some things are going to be really fucking shitty. Other things are going to be the wildest, most crazy blessings that you never thought possible that are going to blow you away. Most of life happens somewhere in between there. And I heard someone say the other day, actually, which just really hit home. And I was like, wow, that's thankfully, like I've heard that before, but it's always good to be reminded. Life happens in between planning for the next things. So as you're thinking, today is day one, my goal is day 100. Yeah, sure, your big goal and your big achievement is going to happen on day 100, but life, don't miss out on the life in those 99 days in the middle of start and finish. So allow it to, allow it to happen, allow yourself to take ownership, to, to make decisions, to go out on a limb, to fail, allow yourself to feel failure and defeat, and then learn from it. It will make you stronger. It will give you the perspective you need to actually achieve great things. If you've never experienced loss, heartbreak, adversity, failure, you're, just, you're not gonna have what it takes to, to get to that next level. So some of my most heartbreaking moments in my life, as crazy as it's going to sound, were losses in sports. 
so teams that were just so promising and so great and then losing at like the ultimate moment that was make or break as my husband likes to say ball game like it was the ball game moment and it got broken whether it was a devastating injury a penalty shootout a loss at the end you know of a softball game where you know i struck out or grounded out or someone else made a bonehead play or you know and you can't look at it that way you can't look at it like someone did it like right now we're in the heart of football season uh you know it's college football nfl football uh, local high schools you know wrapped up and everything people love to grasp that final play as the play that ruined the game and it's like actually that final play would not have been so pivotal if you played a better fucking game. So if your sport has a 60 minute timeline and you fuck around for 52 minutes and then play hard and great for eight minutes, I'm sorry, but the final play, the refs missed call, like whatever it is, did not win or lose that game for you. It was the previous, you know, 51 minutes that you totally sucked and failed and did not capitalize on opportunities. So don't let your goal that you want, that you need to happen, it's a passion, it's an absolute priority, all the stars are aligning. Don't let it fall by the wayside just with a little discouraging moment or one set of failure. If you're training for a marathon, you have a little injury, are you hurt or are you injured? If you're hurt, great, take, take some time off, take a break. Again, reevaluate, check in with yourself, check in with your goal, check in with your timeline, check in with your coach and find a way to pivot. If you're injured, how did you get injured? What went wrong there to, to wind up an injury? Now, if you are injured, how long are you sidelined for? Reevaluate, can I actually meet my goal on my timeline for my race day or should I pivot and punt that race and pick one that's six more weeks down the road to give my body time to heal so that my priority aligns with my passion, AKA my health, which is my top priority, stays my top priority and still aligns with me finishing the marathon. Okay, so this is a lot to take in. There's a lot going on here, but I really urge you and encourage you. I am your cheerleader. If you want to go over this more in detail, you want to have a one-on-one -on -one session, absolutely please reach out. You can always schedule a consultation off my website, off my email, on my Calendly. You can send me a direct email, coach at irondiamondfitness.com. Let's make it happen. Again, my favorite step in the process. Let's do it. Let's fucking go. As always, I've been your host, Carly Sauer, a.k.a. Coach Carly. You can find me at Iron Diamond Fitness. Y'all, keep running, one foot in front of the other. Chin up, eyes forward, arms pumping for power, and always remember to pick up your feet so we don't trip over the small stuff.